When you experience the loss of a loved one and you need to select a funeral home, Robinson Family Mortuary is that funeral home. Robinson Family Mortuary is locally owned and operated in the city of Pineville, Louisiana. Robinson Family Mortuary serves the entire community of central Louisiana and surrounding parishes, including Natchitoches, Avoyles, Grant, Wynn, Allen, and throughout the entire state. Robinson Family Mortuary is staffed with over 40 years of tender loving care and experience. Robinson Family Mortuary offers cremation, floral arrangements, headstones, and catering for your repast. For information regarding any of our services, please feel free to contact Dolores or Tyrone at 318-442-7300. That's 318-442-7300. Robinson Family Mortuary. A family serving families. Robinson Family Mortuary is now located at 1815 Military Highway, Pineville, Louisiana. Hours of operation are from 8 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Robinson Family Mortuary, a proud sponsor of this program. Southern Heritage Bank is Central Louisiana's family of banks that provide that personal service in a corporate environment. Southern Heritage Bank is located 5211 Jackson Street. You can phone them at 318-561-2227. Southern Heritage Bank has a full range of services that are available such as online banking, freedom checking, 24-hour bank line. You can phone 1-800-992-7059. And we are an equal housing lender. Southern Heritage Bank promises prompt services without unnecessary hassle. Come in. Let us service your banking need. Again, that all-important phone number is 318-561-2227. Thank you for tuning in for today's message with Reverend Larry R. Turner. If you would like a copy of today's message, you can contact the church office at 318-443-8715 to purchase a CD for only a $7 donation. Always remember, it's worth a trip to come and visit Christian Love Baptist Church, 3515 Hudson Boulevard, Alexandria, Louisiana. Welcome to Live Big Ministries, where Harry Cooper Jr. is pastor and spirit coach. We are located at 2840 Hollywood Avenue. We live in victory every day, believing in God. If you're interested in joining us in worship, we worship every Sunday at 1030. Bible study Tuesday at 630 and Wednesday at noon. We have a mentoring program if you're interested in mentoring young people at Warner Park Elementary School on Thursdays at 1230. Here at Hollywood, we believe that the loving is oh so good. So we're reaching out to the Shreveport community and the overall Louisiana community with a message of love, a message of hope, a message of encouragement. Listen now to a recent broadcast by Hollywood Presbyterian Church and Live Big Ministries, where Harry Cooper is pastor. Waking up the fight. Waking up the fight. In light of the recent events that we are experiencing and witnessing in our world community today, as I wrestled with the sights and sounds of what I was watching on television coming out of Charlottesville, Virginia on yesterday, it dawned on me that many people who I had talked to and whom I have interacted with and watched and read on social media said, I thought these days were over. Many of them, 
expressed an anguish that in the year 2017, the sights of what you were seeing were very um, reminiscent of sights that you saw in 1963, in the 1950s. They were very reminiscent of what happens when human beings disassociate themselves from other human beings and believe that in some ways they are better than other human beings and in fact so much better that they don't even see the other human beings as human beings and therefore they are able to turn water hoses on other human beings or they are able to plant a bomb in a church that goes off on Sunday morning, that they are able to ram cars through living people who simply are saying that we don't wish for you to say or do the things that you are doing that negate our humanity. When we see these things, I recognize that some have said, I don't even feel like ramping up that energy anymore. And yet I lean back on those ancestors who have gone before us and draw strength and wisdom from how they began and understood the need to fight. I recall one, um, very, very aged woman, and it was in the Montgomery bus boycott, and they asked her, because as she was walking and refusing to catch the bus to go and work in somebody else's house to serve them, as she walked to work, they say, oh, lady, aren't you tired? Aren't you tired? You ought to just get on the bus. And she said, you know what? Yes, child, my feet is tired but my soul is rested. The, the, the resilience and the need to fight says that my soul is invigorated because the cause that I am working for is far greater than the comfort of my feet. They were willing to put their lives in harm's way. I recall and believe that there are some today who will say, you know, I don't even feel like fighting like that anymore. I, I thought that it ended with Martin Luther King, and I thought that in the end of the civil rights movement, and now just look, we've had a black president, and look, we have black CEOs around the country doing jobs that we never thought possible for blacks to do. So how is it that in that same time span where we can see progress, we can also see regress? You see, sometimes because we have seen some levels of progress, we suddenly believe that, you know what, whew, we don't have to fight quite like that anymore. And I believe that it is this ideology, this thought process that God warns the Hebrew, the Israelite people as they have been brought out of their wilderness experience, as they have been brought out of Egypt, as they have been brought out of being denigrated and desecrated all over the place, after they have been brought out of their men being emasculated, after they have been brought out of this land in which they have been just 
completely suppressed and their dreams and their desires must conform themselves to the larger majority of the group of people that was ruling them as they have been drawn out of this and are headed toward this great land filled with milk and honey, there is a warning to them. And that warning to them is do not forget your, the Lord your God and for you failing and, and do not forget to observe God's commands and God's laws. You, you, you see, in reality, when things are going really good in our lives, we have a tendency to start forgetting how it got that way. We, we, we start just uh, enjoying the fruits and, and the benefits of being where we are. So we get a little money in our pocket or we get a little bit of mobility and all of a sudden we start thinking about how great we are. And, and, and we lose some of our edge. We, we lose, I mean, we let some things slip by and we let some things go. Well, how do you say that, preacher man? Well, it's, it's pretty clear. In the last election, and this is not just, do not let anybody share with you that black folks are the reason, not black folks not voting are the reason why 45 is in office right now. That is not exclusively the situation. But the reality is 8% less black folks voted. And if those black folks had voted and had chosen to vote for Hillary Clinton, then it would have shifted. And if if ands, and buts were candies and nuts, oh, what a party we'd have. So, so we, we can't look back with these wistful eyes talking about if, 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 if white women did not vote 53% for Donald, for, for number 45, then, but guess what? We're living in a society where just over 50% even participated in the election. So 50% of the people just about said, I don't, anybody, I don't care who wins. So I start processing that. And we began to understand that, well, whatever happens, because everything is so good right now. So the moment, the moment, the moment they realized that what seemed like a slam dunk wasn't a slam dunk, now all of a sudden they started getting fired up. Start protesting. Start saying, oh, no, how, how we let this happen? How we let that happen? How, how, how? Child, please. Bye, Felicia. Girl, bye. Because you had the chance. And when you have the chance and then you don't do anything because you think it's going to be all right without you doing anything, when you wake up and you realize, uh-oh, it didn't go that way, living with assumptions will get your... <laughs> will get part of the word assumption <laughs> in trouble. So the warning goes out from Moses to the people. When you get where you're trying to go, don't forget how you got there. So I stopped by today just to say it's time to wake up the fight. 
It's time to wake up that part of you that realizes there's more than this world than your personal comfort. There is more in this world that is valuable than making sure you feel good. More in this world valuable, more valuable than just making sure everything you want you have because we do not live on an island all by ourselves. We are called and tasked to be warriors in the building of God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And warriors are always prepared to fight. Now, the Preparation of a warrior does not mean the warrior is always fighting, but it does mean that the warrior is always prepared to fight. But if the warrior falls asleep, if the warrior doesn't train in not in peaceful times, then when wartime comes, then the warriors won't be ready. Oh, I wish you, you, you walk with me just a little bit. If the warriors... VW, you're a vet, and the vets in the house understand that when you are prepared for battle, that's a 24-7 proposition. Because you never know when the enemy or the call is going to come. You need to go into battle, and you need to go into battle right now. And so every morning, even though you're in peaceful times, you're doing PT. Every morning you go on Westpac or every now and then you go on Westpac and they have training exercises and they do things. Why? So that you will be prepared when the war comes, when the fighting comes, even in peaceful times. I'm saying right now it's time to wake up the fight. It's time to wake up that part of you that understands I am a warrior and I'm going to put on the full armor of God. Why? Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Oh, I'd love to tell you that, that, that all we got to do is go shoot up all the white folk and everything will be all right. That won't fix it. Because if you ever understand, more of us are killing each other than white folk right now. That was one white person who killed one black person with a car yesterday. I guarantee you, if you check the uh, morgue, you got far more people black folk who were killed by black folk last night than that. And more white folk who were killed by white folk than that. See, don't get caught up in the, into this media game that, you know, black on black crime. Well, shoot, white on white crime. White folk been killing white folk. Black folk kill black folk. Filipino folk kill Filipino folk. Most crimes and murders are done in the communities in which the people look. They kill people who look like them. And the reason why you can kill somebody who looks like you is when you stop loving you. And if there's ever been a group of people who never fully love themselves, who've always been out there trying to prove how much they love themselves, it's oftentimes white folk. I guarantee, just look at it. The only, who would need to suppress another race of people? Other than a race of people who are scared. What are they scared of? They are scared of the understanding of the power and the connectivity that exists within chocolate people. They are afraid. They can't procreate fast enough. They're not making enough babies. If I need to make it any more plain. 
They're not making enough babies to be able to continue their own world domination. And so because they live in fear, they want to make sure you don't have access and opportunity to cross-pollinate in any way. So they continue to drive home negative imagery after negative imagery. We must wake up, my sisters and my brothers. Wake up to the violence that we're committing amongst each other. Wake up to our own sons and daughters who are acting poorly and making poor decisions, but not exclusively blame them but at least talk to them we walking down the street half scared to talk to our young brothers because they sagging let them cuss me out they can cuss as much as they want young man you are a king have you ever seen a king walking around with his pants down at his knees it's time to wake up the fight and when i say the fight I'm talking about we must hone our minds, our bodies, and our souls to prepare ourselves for what is on the horizon. If you thought that white supremacy or perceived white supremacy had gone the way of the wind, if you thought that it was dead, if you thought the KKK was gone, if you thought that, that the Nazis were gone, all you had to do was turn on your television on yesterday and realize every goodbye ain't gone and every shut eye ain't sleep. See, now they got some new tools, though. They, now, now they got some Internet things, and now they have some ways of communicating with each other that they didn't even have back in the day. So all you had to do was understand where the dog whistles were coming from, understand the dog whistler in the White House was making all of the things and understanding to make them feel comfortable, making them feel emboldened and emblazoned, and your own Louisiana David Duke was out there on yesterday saying, we made you president so watch what you say mr 45 so 45 who spent his time upset with barack obama for not using the word radical islamic terrorism goes out yesterday and refuses to use white supremacy refuses to use phrases and terminologies that more clearly identify the people who were the cause of the problem. And so he then goes out to say, well, it, uh, everybody who is doing violence is wrong. Well, yeah, we know everybody who is doing violence is wrong, but we ain't talking about them on yesterday. Yesterday, we're talking about the people who did violence. The people who did violence. Here, and here, here, here's, here's, here's the challenging part for each one of us. So understand that those people, these neo-Nazi groups and these, these white supremacists and the KKK called themselves Christian. And today, half of them are sitting up in somebody's church. And so my condemnation is not just to them, but it's to their pastors. It's to their preachers. It's to those white evangelicals who are out there saying absolutely nothing about the God of justice, nothing about the God who is a God of the oppressed, nothing about making sure that you feed the hungry and, and clothe the naked, nothing about them and giving them a free pass to go and talk their nonsense and do their nonsensical types of things and making them feel comfortable as if they believe God is okay with that. We see, I mean, just so you understand, I mean, we, these are discussions. Th this past week had discussion at the Senate level. We discussed the book, Waking Up White. This is before this happened. Understand. So the Presbyterian Church is well aware that some stuff is going on, and in some ways, many of us and our pastors have been complicit. We, we don't always want to tell that story. 
but 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 whether you want to deal with R.J. Reynolds and all the tobacco company money that came through the Presbyterian Church because they happen to be Presbyterians, whether you want to deal with that, whether you want to deal with the churches that we're in, whatever you want to deal with, understand that these are some realities and we have to look at ourselves and check ourselves to understand that God has, as God is calling us to a higher standard. And so even Presbytery of the Pines is recognizing God is causing, calling us to a higher standard. These are discussions that I had this week before Charlottesville. So we're part of a progressive group of people working to understand we have to do something different. Because if we don't, if we don't, Charlottesville will be Shreveport, will be Baton Rouge, would be Monroe. And understand, just because it didn't pop up there, these are people living in our midst right now. These are people who can smile in your face. These are people who you share the highways with. These are people who are serving you at your restaurants. These are people who are driving. And even, believe it or not, these are people who, I recognize this, because, I, because you know, and you're dealing with how do, how do we build build bridges and not walls. So I am not advocating in any way that we begin to shut people out, but what I am advocating is that we begin to pull ourselves in. See, to love you does not mean you hate somebody else. To love being black and to celebrate your blackness, to celebrate your Africanness, does not mean you're negating somebody else. To say black, man, to say black lives matter does not mean white lives don't. We're going to sit and fight all these little battles about nonsensical things. Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, they're a racist group. The Black Lives Matter group started because white folk were killing black folk. Black, white police officers were killing black folk. Philando Castile, you can just kill the man. He tells you in an open carry state, I have a weapon. He does not say, I'm about to use it on you. He tells you, I have a weapon. I am reaching for my wallet. Before his hand gets close to his wallet, he's dead in front of his girlfriend and child. And upset because black lives matter? <laughs> that don't mean white lives don't. That don't mean blue lives don't. But it sure means you can't negate a group of people just because you don't like the way they look. In this fight, as we wake up the fight, we must be relentless. We can't afford to go to sleep no more. Cannot afford to just go put the five, six, seven locks on our door and bunker down until tomorrow. And go back out and say, okay, we're going to try it again. We can't afford that. Now is the time to find a way to, to be active and to levels of activism. Now is the time to make sure that we have some communication with our children. Now is the time to understand that if you perish, perish doing something good. Perish doing something right. Perish living for a fight that you know is a right fight because I'd rather live on my feet than die on my knees afraid to fight the fight that God is calling me to fight. First, we must be relentless. We must 
never quit. We must never give up. Now is the time to do right and speak out for justice. And it's always the right time to speak up for justice. It is always the right time to speak up for justice. To be relentless is to recognize we must remain vigilant. We must root out evil in all of the hidden places. And we must not retreat. Forwards ever, backwards never. You've heard me say it before. We are anatomically designed to move forward. Your eyes, your ears, your hands, everything moves forward. And the only one part of you that moves backwards is not to be moving at all. That's where the weights go. So we move forward. Relentless. We must call out wrong anytime you see it. Every joke that's not funny, we don't scratch when we don't itch. We don't laugh when nothing funny. It's time to stop all that shucking and jiving and just cowering ourselves among white folk just because we want them, we don't want them to feel any offensive or upset. They don't care. They never cared to do that in front of you. And if they did, they, they were doing the right thing because they know some of the stuff that they have done has been wrong. And it's not to say white folk, black folk do some stuff wrong. It's not flesh and blood. It is a spirit that's going on in this world. And so when you want to fight spirit, you got to fight a spiritual fight. So we're not going at the white folk. We're simply acknowledging that they might happen to be consistently involved in some of the mess and the shenanigans that are going on. And they have a system of domination that they have put in place that they don't even have to be at the wheel anymore because the system exists to perpetuate itself. We must be relentless. We must speak truth to power, and we must trust in the power of love. Trust in understanding that what God is calling you to do is the right thing, and you can get it done. We must be Relentless. Second, we must be resilient because when you begin to speak truth to power, when you begin to address the mess that is in our society, you will face opposition. Everybody's not going to like it. Everybody's not going to love it. And believe me, some of the people who might not like it or love it may look just like you. The very people that you are fighting for might fight against you. But don't let that stop you from fighting. Don't let that make you say, well, let them get, get whatever they can get and I'm just done. Why? Because your adversary walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The enemy is always on attack. And even, even if they could be your closest friend, Peter was one of Jesus' closest friends. And yet Jesus had to take a moment to tell Peter, his homeboy, his partner, get thee behind me, Satan. See, the devil can rise up even in your friends. The devil can rise up even in your family. The devil don't, he is not a respecter of persons. The devil or she, whatever the devil is, your devil may be a he, your devil might be a she, your devil might be a it. Whatever your devil happens to be, don't care about you. Secondly, power concedes nothing without struggle. You must be resilient because power likes to have what it likes to have. All you got to do is watch Stars TV and watch power and understand how ghosts just keep pin pulled back in the game. Just keep pulling him back. Resilient. Be strong in the Lord and in the Lord's mighty power. Not your power. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That's where the deliverance comes from. We must be relentless. We must be resilient. And thirdly and finally, we must be righteous. There ain't no right way to do wrong. 
You cannot go out and think you're going to do wrong and think, well, I'm doing it wrong for the right reason. No right way to do wrong. Because the more wrong you do, you begin to whittle away at your own sense of character. And as you whittle away at your own sense of character, you devolve because all if you give the devil an inch, he'll want a yard. If you let the devil ride sooner or later, he's going to want to drive. That's just what the devil does. And so you cannot allow yourself to not live and walk as righteously as it is possible to walk. We must check ourselves because the enemy is our enemy, our thinking and the stinking thinking and all the other things that we have allowed ourselves to pacify us and lull us to sleep to keep us away from the fight. Get in the fight, my sisters and my brothers. Do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap a harvest of blessing if we faint not. Do not grow weary in doing that which is right. And as you climb, look behind and pull somebody else up. We are called to lift as we climb. For what will it profit you to gain the whole world but lose your soul? What will it profit you to get where you're trying to go but you get there all by yourself? No, we are called to lift up and to love one another. We are the body of Christ and we must leave no one behind. We are victorious.